The government of Ukraine is suffering from malware intrusions. That revelation's heightening concerns about what could happen to U.S. federal government systems. Christina Balaam is senior threat researcher for threat intelligence at Lookout. Lookout sponsoring the Daily Scoop podcast today. Christina, welcome. Thanks for coming on the program. What should agencies inside the federal government be doing today as far as teaching their workforces what they know and what they don't know about the threat to malware inside their systems. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, th- that is a great question. Um, I-, I think we're kind of getting into this this era of, of more everyday people understanding that there are pretty significant cybersecurity threats out there. Um, and I think for the vast majority of people, regardless of where they're working, even if they're working for some kind of uh, federal entity, they don't necessarily see themselves as really high profile targets. You know, we see uh, discussions like what you've mentioned, malware in Ukraine. We've seen discussions around uh, the Pegasus uh, targeted surveillance where, you know, typically focused on kind of more high value targets for lack of a better expression. Um, and, And I think what organizations can do to help bolster cybersecurity within their organization is educating their employees that even if you don't necessarily believe you could be targeted, um, you might be surprised to learn that that you could be used as a pawn in a much larger scheme. So, you know, I, I think it's sort of providing those um, important fundamentals to their employees about what to do while you're connected to corporate infrastructure and understanding that, especially in this kind of new era of working from home while we're in the midst of this pandemic, um, that your personal devices are very susceptible to attack by numerous different entities and threat actors. And when you're accessing corporate infrastructure or corporate assets, uh, even things that you think might not be particularly um, sensitive, those could still be used as part of a, of a larger campaign by the threat actors. And so it's, you know, it's little things like telling employees not to leave their computers connected to the VPN, um, you know, not letting various family members use their computers if they're working from home, again, connected to a VPN. Little kind of like um, sanitizations of our, of our internet use habits and computer use habits that can, that can dramatically impact how secured an organization is uh, from their employees. What have you seen, though, that really works, Christina? Because mm-hmm. I've heard just horrifying stories from the exercises that CIOs, CTOs, CISOs perform across federal agencies where they'll m- essentially make up phishing campaigns, send them out right. to their employees to see who bites. And I, I get what you're saying, that some folks don't think of themselves as ho- high-profile targets. But some of these exercises are catching some pretty high-profile targets. And so it strikes me that this is a problem at all levels of organizations. And I wonder what you've seen really work to change behavior and really move the needle on this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, This is going to sound very cynical, but I, I think one of the easiest ways for organizations to really protect themselves is to assume that your employees are going to make mistakes. Um, and, and it, it sounds it sounds cynical because you, you know you want to believe that that people are going to try their best, and I honestly believe that everybody does. But some of these attacks are so targeted, just like you're saying. Some of them can be very very sophisticated, especially in cases where you're sort of um, testing your own security uh, establishments and sort of like sending out the pen tests or the uh, the phishing attacks against against your own employees. Um, you have to kind of understand people are going to make mistakes, and so it's all about mitigation. 
and um, access control. So making sure that, you know, even the very high profile um, employees of your organization, you know, are, are there ways that you can kind of limit what each individual has access to where they can only access the assets that are absolutely necessary for them to do their job, especially if they're connecting to some kind of infrastructure or their assets from home. It's things like, you know, somebody who's not necessarily working with the data firsthand, not having access to a production level database. Little things like that, just sort of uh, sectioning off the the accessibilities for people within your organization can really kind of protect the organization as a whole. Um, and, and then it's, you know, it can go even further into, into managing certain devices. So for example, if, if you have a case where employees are using their own personal devices to access corporate infrastructure, corporate assets, it's doing things like, um, you know, having some kind of management policy where your employees understand that they're not uh, jailbreaking their phones, they're, um, you're, you're sort of checking to make sure that they're not ins installing any kind of malicious uh, applications, uh, little things like antivirus tools that can really help kind of, again, sanitize the devices that are connecting to the important infrastructure that you're working with. Assuming employees will make mistakes also, I think, although it, I don't think it's as cynical maybe as you think it sounds, Christina, but okay, it, it strikes me that that puts an organization in the right worldview too, in the right kind of conceptual framework of thinking we're going to get hit, we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be ready for when that happens and not hope that it doesn't and then deal with it if it happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that the pandemic has kind of shone a light on is that it, it's not just your Fortune 500 companies that are going to be targeted. Sometimes even smaller organizations or smaller entities that may not seem like high value targets um, are still valuable to attackers because they're kind of low hanging fruit. Um, you know, you, you might not target a big Fortune 500 company because you assume that they have a, a pretty substantial security engineering team and they've got practices and policies in place. So if, if you're, you know, a less sophisticated attacker going to a smaller organization where you, you kind of suspect they may not have the same protocols can be very rewarding. Um, and, and I think that's what a lot of people are starting to recognize in, in light of what's been happening as, you know, things have kind of shifted over the course of these last interesting two years. That certainly is what the Defense Department has experienced. Uh, attacks continue against the department. Attacks continue against the big prime contractors. But the threat has seeped down into the defense industrial base and the smaller companies are getting hit as well. Uh, that's prompting the CMMC uh, regulations inside the Pentagon. What should companies, though, be telling their rank and file employees? What's the messaging that should be getting out to the individual employees right now, Christina? I think a, a big message here is is that it kind of plays into what we've been talking about this whole time, but recognizing that everything that you're using um, when it's connected to the internet could be susceptible to attack. And, and again, that's it's a very scary notion to kind of, you know, unleash on everybody, but it is, it is true. Um, and you know, it, and it, it just like you said, it kind of goes to all different areas of an organization, even the, you know, kind of like the lower echelons of an organization that may not seem uh, particularly high value. Helping your employees realize that if they're connecting to any kind of asset that your, your company considers important, then they could be a target. Um, you know, at the federal level, we've we've seen targeted attacks, uh, surveillance where against military personnel um, through dating apps, you know, it, just individual soldiers, um, 
you know, targeting by nation state actors, because that was an easy mechanism for, for learning about what kinds of, kinds of operations were happening um, by that particular uh, military organization. Um, and, and it really just started with a, a very unsophisticated uh, surveillance sample masquerading as um, kind of like a, a Tinder style application. And so those situations, those are a lot more common than you might think. Um, a lot of these attacks aren't necessarily super sophisticated, even when they're coming from nation state actors, you'd be surprised the kind of things that we see that are, uh, you would expect them not to work, but you know, if people are a little bit more trusting with their personal devices and not necessarily thinking about how they play into the, the grander scheme, uh, these very unsophisticated attacks can actually go pretty far. Yeah, it's the old saying that they must be working because people keep doing them and they wouldn't waste their Absolutely. time doing them if they didn't work anymore. You yeah. alluded a moment ago to the remote work environment that we're all in um, is experiencing right now. What is the implication of that, do you think, for the long term as far as the way that organizations should think about these issues, Christina? That's a great question. I think we're kind of at a point where we're realizing that this new environment is probably going to stay with us for quite a while, uh, regardless of what happens in the future with the pandemic and new variants and, and all of that. Um, I think a lot of employees have gotten quite used to this new lifestyle. And, you know, some people do want to go back to the office, but most are saying they prefer a hybrid environment. So a lot of organizations that maybe didn't expect to have to kind of manage this remote work environment past a, a certain deadline are probably going to have to stretch that deadline and come up with more permanent solutions to the security that they have in place when they have so many employees accessing all of their infrastructure and their assets. Christina, a lot to chew on. Great insight. Thank you very much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. It's so nice to meet you and, and thank you for having me.